What's up, everybody? Hope you're all recovering from your Memorial Day weekend celebration, however you decided to celebrate. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. And we are here for the water cooler chat. I would have gone and I probably should have gone on the air yesterday and showed that I was showed my dedication in a proper way by going on a holiday and going on the air on the holiday, but that's okay. That's okay. We're back on a Tuesday. It's probably better once again that we came on the air for this edition of the show on a Tuesday because sights and sounds are more prevalent today because OTA practices commenced and there are a lot of different things to dive into. If you're new to this specific episode of the podcast, what we do is we go through all of the head uh, headlines with the Cincinnati Bengals the AFC North, the rest of the NFL, some of the big news around the league, and uh, we we comb through it all. If you are joining us, uh, do me a favor if you if you're joining the live stream, uh, shoot a comment here. I'm not getting a lot of comments through here, and I just want to make sure it's streaming and we're we're good to go for everybody. But uh, we're gonna get to it in just a second here. Okay, good. I'm seeing some starting to see some comments now. We just got some quiet people starting to recover or on the road to recovery, I guess, from their Memorial Day celebrations or something. But good to see everybody. And uh, hey, let's let's get to this here. Before we do, want to remind everybody, if you are new, you can join us live either on our YouTube channel, the Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel, Cincy Jungle's Facebook page. You can join us uh, live on our Twitter account, on Cincy Jungle's Twitter account. So Feel free to do so, and uh, whether it's for this episode, our deep dive analysis episode that we do, John Sheeran and myself on Wednesday, our listener questions live that we do a few times a month on Friday afternoons. We just did one last Friday to kick off your Memorial Day weekend, so if you haven't had a chance yet, check that one out, and uh, join us live when you can. If you can't join us live, get the show on your favorite audio streamer. We're on all the major ones, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the major ones, so check us out. Subscribe so you not only get notified when this show has new episodes out, but also when Orange is the New Black, the great podcast from Zim Hude and Ace Boogie, as well as Matt Minnick's Chalk Talk, his show as well. By the way, if you didn't see, Ace and Zim interviewed Fred Johnson last week, and then they interviewed Rennell Wren this week. So a couple of Bengals players on their show that they interviewed. So go check out those very entertaining interviews from two great guys. Uh, good to see everybody. Hello, hello. I'm seeing a lot of hellos now. Thank you. I appreciate it. Just wanted to make sure we're, we're firing on all cylinders here as we roll on here. So let's get to Bengal news, shall we? And like I said, it's probably better that we went on the air today instead of yesterday because Players are back at practice, and uh, there's a lot more to comb through. Before we get to all of the practice news, let's get to just kind of uh, about Tuesday's practice. Let's get to some news that occurred late last week and through the weekend, just some headlines to comb through with the Bengals. Then we'll get to sights and sounds of today's OTAs. We'll get to some news about the AFC North and, of course, around the NFL. So Cincinnati Bengals made an acquisition. This is on CincyJungle.com. The article is written by Jason Markham. Uh, they have another defensive back to their stable there. They just keep adding players and adding players there. Some depth. Kevon Frazier, former Dolphin, former Cowboy, really a guy that's bounced around a little bit. Uh, hasn't had extensive starting experience or anything of that nature. More of a depth guy, probably a special teams guy, someone to round out the roster. As we know, the Bengals are – not wanting to be in the precarious position they have found themselves the past couple of seasons on the defensive side of the ball, wherein they do not have depth in the wake of injuries or quality depth in the in the wake of injuries. Uh, so they have really tried to stockpile the defensive line, the secondary, especially uh, with players. Yes, they lost a couple of players, you know, edge player Carl Lawson. Yes, they lost William Jackson in free agency, but they keep making acquisitions to make sure that they have quality depth and guys to rely on here. Kevon Frazier is probably someone, like I said, who will, uh, you know, round out the back end of the depth chart as of now, maybe some special teams and, and depth insurance here. Again, a guy that has bounced around the league a little bit uh, was with the Cowboys and the Dolphins 
was a sixth round pick of the Cowboys in 2016s and again 2016 and again you see primary primarily a special teams contributor throughout his career so that's probably the same role here that he will hold with the Cincinnati Bengals we'll see though uh, but regardless the Bengals are making moves to shore up their depth to get to get themselves in a position where they feel more comfortable in case there is that woeful injury bug that comes back to bite them here. So Kevon Frazier, a Cincinnati Bengal. The Bengals also uh, had looked at a quarterback recently. And you can see here the um, Peyton Ramsey works out for the Bengals. Peyton Ramsey is the Northwestern quarterback uh, who actually had a pretty exciting year. He was a transfer quarterback to Northwestern. Um, this is according to Yahoo sports reporter, Eric Edholm, but he recently worked out for the Panthers and then they, the Bengals hosted him for a workout late last week. Um, no signing imminent, at least that we've heard of six foot two, two fifteen, uh, in terms of the size, a guy, he was with Indiana and then transferred to Northwestern, uh, had a lot of, you know, pretty, pretty solid numbers, kind of high up there in the interception numbers, 54 touchdown passes against 31 interceptions, but did have a 131.2 passer rating. Um, in a limited season this last year, threw for 1,733 yards, a 61% completion rate, uh, 12 touchdowns and eight interceptions in nine games with a 121 passer rating. So um, he did, uh, he went seven and two as a starter, led Northwestern to the Big Ten Championship game, which they lost to Ohio State. And then they had a win over Auburn in the Citrus Bowl. So the Bengals are doing their due diligence at quarterback. They have Brandon Allen backing up Joe Burrow. They've got some other guys that they're that they're you know mulling around. Obviously behind Joe Burrow there too. So they're trying to find the best mix there. And so they looked at working out Peyton Ramsey. We'll see what what comes with that. Moving along, let's keep chugging along here. Speaking of Joe Burrow, speaking of quarterbacks, there is a slew of news with Joe Burrow, not only because he came back to practice last week, but there was a really interesting and really insightful interview by Albert Breer of the Monday Morning Quarterback that came out on Memorial Day. He interviewed Joe Burrow. There's a lot to that interview. I mean, we could have made numerous, numerous posts on <laughs> on this here, but here are a couple of tidbits of information on Joe Burrow that we want to share with you. He is taking precautions during OTAs. This is written up by Nick Manchester. This was actually uh, towards the end of last week here that Joe Burrow is taking precautions here. Um, and this is via Jeff Hobson of bangles.com. So you can find the full article there or uh, some snippets of the article on cincyjungle.com, but basically, quote, I'm a guy that likes to push the limits, limits, work hard, and go above and beyond. I couldn't do that with the knee, just doing what the doctors tell me to do, not doing anything too fast, being cautious. We are out of the hardest part. Now the fun part begins. Still have to be patient. Can't push too hard. At this point, it's still how it feels. There are still good days and bad days. It's still sore some days, and so you will take it a little easy, and some days it feels really good, and you'll push it really hard, but we have a good plan. I have a good team around me that is helping me get back. So he's taking precautions. He's I, I said this last week. He's doing a lot more than I think a lot of us anticipated in terms of workouts, the, the intensity level of the throwing sessions that we've seen there. We kind of thought maybe he'd be throwing with some coaches or some light throwing on the side, or at least that was kind of the impression I had held. And that was, that would have been great to see, but this is now, you know, if you look at it, he's in helmet, he's in shorts and he's driving, he's planting on that leg and he's making throws. We'll talk more about what things look like with Joe Burrow and some, some of the things his teammates had to say, but you know, things are looking pretty good and he's doing a lot more work, I think, than a lot of us anticipated at this point in his rehab. But he is still, you know, doesn't want to doesn't want to take a stumble and, you know, have a regression in the rehab process. So they are monitoring things and making sure that he doesn't go too overboard with the work that he is doing. But it's it seems that all things are going pretty well and he's um, he's he's feeling pretty good about things. This is during the rehab process. This is on CincyJungle.com as well. And this, I believe, was part of the Albert Breer interview, but he has used 
the long Joe Burrow, that is, used the long rehab process to refine his game. So with this, again, yes, this is Sports Illustrated uh, Albert Breer article, quote, I tweak my throwing motion every offseason and tweak my base, Burrow told Sports Illustrated. Quote, it was actually kind of beneficial for me because I really started from the beginning and was able to refine some things that needed refining. There was some good and some bad from last year. I'd like to be more explosive. And I think I was really good in quick game situations. On fourth down, we were really good. Empty, we were really good. But we need to be more explosive with play action passes. All of our downfield passing needs to improve. Uh, And then he kind of goes on and talks a bit about I just wasn't as accurate as I was the year before at LSU down the field, and that was frustrating to me because I've always been a good down-the-field thrower. Just getting back to the basics of that, really focusing on my fundamentals and uh, so on and so forth. So he has been working on, through his rehab, certain strength facets and certain mechanic facets to help with the deep ball, help with velocity. Now, I I didn't pull this up because I just saw it before – I took the air here, but if you follow Ben ESPN Ben Baby on Twitter, uh, I think it was him and and others who had spoken with CJ Uzama after practice today. CJ Uzama is one of a, a chorus line of people that say that they they see more zip on the ball from Joe Burrow than they did last year. Just a, a you know they can see that the workouts are paying off in that respect. So it sounds like. Through all of this mess that is the knee injury and everything, it sounds like Joe Burrow has kind of found a way to uh, make lemonade out of lemons, so to speak, refine his technique, and hopefully improve upon some of the facets the best way he could while rehabbing through an injury. So that's that all sounds pretty promising. That all sounds pretty promising. This next one as well um, kind of ties into it, so I won't belabor it, but this is on NFL.com. Uh, Joe Burrow stating his desire for the Bengals offense to be quote more explosive down the field in 21. So it's kind of a lot of the same quotes here. Uh, I just wasn't as accurate as I was the year before. Um, and then of course the Bengals added Jamar Chase, a downfield weapon. Hopefully T Higgins continues to thrive. Tyler Boyd gives them a, a three headed monster there as well. So, you know, I mean, there are, a number of different receiving options. The Bengals did not go, uh, you know, they, they didn't really do much in free agency in terms of, of speed wide receiver options or that sort of thing. They were dead set on bringing Jamar Chase into that group. And they hope that not only Joe Burrow's work in, in the rehab process to refine technique and refine the strength and conditioning skills needed to, improve upon his deep ball, the addition of Jamar Chase, the continued maturity of T. Higgins as a big downfield target. They hope that all of these things will congeal and create a a much better downfield passing option. There's one key there, though, too, that Joe Burrow talked about that I I think gets lost in all of this, and he, he mentioned the play action, and that, of course, is at least in order to sell that, in order to be able to utilize play action, not only do you have to have able blocking up front, but you also have to have some semblance of a running game, some threat of a running game. And we're going to hear some interesting quotes from some Bengals offensive linemen from Tuesday's practices as well through the media. But, uh, you know, they're going to need to be able to have some semblance of running the ball, hopefully Frank Pollock and the additions they made along the offensive line are going to be able to, you know, improve upon that and then bring that play action facet to the deep ball game that the Bengals want to improve upon. Let's keep trucking along here. Just let's keep going on the Joe Burrow train. This is on CincyJungle.com. Greg Jennings, a former Packers, and I believe he was with Minnesota for a brief moment as well. Wide receiver, very good NFL pro for a long time in the league. He's with Fox Sports now. He thinks that Joe Burrow will help the Bengals bring top free agents in the coming years. Now, this is from a couple of days ago, but I found this to be pretty eye-opening in terms of getting the player's perspective. Uh, you know, we can we can say this 
from the outside and say, well, yeah, a guy like that with his charisma, his talent, and you know the the promise that's there. Of course, he'll he'll lure free agents. But hearing it from a, a player and a guy who played with some pretty dang good quarterbacks, that kind of resonates. I, I think. Quote: The Cincinnati Bengals, with acquiring Joe Burrow as their pick last season, while talking with Colin Cowherd on his show, The Herd. They're going to attract so many guys now because we all see the potential in Joe Burrow. He has nowhere near Aaron's level as far as his resume, Aaron meaning Aaron Rodgers, but we see something there and that's going to attract you. When you have a piece at that position that is so very important and valuable, that can be the determining factor of whether a free agent comes or he goes and turns around and goes the other way. So you could peel this one back to multiple layers if you want, but this was this is kind of something that speaks a bit of volumes. It could be a little bit of hyperbole from a player, but again, this is a guy who was in Green Bay, played with Aaron Rodgers, played with some great quarterbacks, and you know, he he is a guy that is speaking from experience in that, hey, you want to come here because with the quarterback we have, we have a chance at a championship every single year. And that is the message that hopefully the Bengals are giving out to free agents. The Bengals are coming off of some, you know, they're, they're, gosh, I mean, multiple, multiple big signings in free agency the past couple of seasons, whether you go back to DJ Reed or Trey Wayne's last uh, two years ago, I guess now, or however you want to word that. And then of course this, this season, uh, it maybe it just feels like two years ago based on everything that's that's come about. It was actually last offseason, not this one. Jeez Louise. So whether it's DJ Reader, Trey Waynes, or if you want to look to this offseason, yeah, I, I mentioned they lost William Jackson and Carl Lawson, but you bring in a Trey Hendrickson, pay him some money. You bring in a slew of defensive backs. You bring in all kinds of different, different players to rebuild this roster and – yeah, this year Joe Burrow was in, uh, you know, a rehab process. But uh, you know, I think if we're going to take Je- Greg Jennings at his word, you know, we like we like the fact that more and more free agents could be attracted to coming to Cincinnati going forward. We'll see if that comes to fruition. But definitely having a player like Joe Burrow, especially if he ends up reaching or exceeding the potential that everybody believes he has in him as the Bengals quarterback, that can definitely be appealing for someone not only looking to get a big contract but looking to go to a winner i mean yeah these guys want to get paid but they want to go to to a place where they feel that they can win especially guys that are maybe still productive but looking for that last contract of their career that sort of thing so interesting stuff from greg jennings let's keep rolling with the joe burrow hype why not tyler boyd is all aboard the joe burrow train and this is something that i think a lot of people have have heard or seen so far in terms of these words, but Tyler Boyd believes Joe Burrow will take the Bengals to the promised land. They actually talked about this on the herd late last week. I think it was Friday, this quote, Uh, but basically telling Jeff Hobson of bangles.com. So the full article is there, or you can check it out on Cincy jungle here. Nothing average about Joe. He's going to lead us to the promised land. Of course, the promised land I would assume is super bowl or super bowls, plural, Joe looks great. He looks like he's ready to play a game right now. I'm not worried about Joe. He makes magic when his number is called. So not only do those in outside of the building believe that Joe Burrow will have a profound effect on the Cincinnati Bengals on and off the field, free agents coming in, being attracted to coming to the Bengals because of his presence, but inside of the locker room, all of the players, especially those working closely with Joe Burrow, are also saying, hey, you know, this guy's this guy's got it. This guy's got it. Even through an injury, even through the rehab process, this guy's got it. And um, we're uh, – Tyler Boyd believes that good things are ahead for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, yes, and we got King AO here in the live YouTube chat. I really believe that this is going to be a great season. I think so. Doug McMenamin, the Bengals are overdue for some non-injury luck – the offense looks scary. The The injury bug has just been, I mean, you could go all the way back really to 2016, 2017, all the way up to current, you know, current times, you know, all the way up to last season. It's It's been really, really 
unfortunate, really unfortunate. And it, the, the biggest unfortunate thing is, is it's, it's, these injuries seem to happen to their highest profile players. Trey Waynes was set to be their, their starting cornerback opposite of William Jackson last year. Didn't play down for him after signing that big contract. Jonah Williams, first round pick 2019, multiple injuries that have kept him out of, you know, what, 20, 22 games in two seasons is all of his rookie year. And then I think six games last year too. So, uh, you know, you, you and, and then of course you got Joe Burrow's injury. So you got to have these guys on the field and healthy as often as possible. And the Bengals, unfortunately, have just been snake bit in that regard. So hopefully cross your fingers that the Bengals are going to start avoiding this kind of stuff going forward. Got to do a little bit of some buckets of cold water to splash upon all of you, unfortunately, but these were just headlines that were made and on cincyjungle.com. Not too much faith in Zach Taylor. The sixth best odds to be first coach fired. Uh, so, I mean, I don't want to talk about, <laughs> I don't want to talk about uh, people losing their jobs and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, that's that's one thing here. If you're a betting man or if you, you know, whatever, this is from Bet Online. Taylor is sitting with the sixth best chance to be the first coach let go in 21. He is tied at plus 1,200 with Arizona's Cliff Kingsbury, another guy that a lot of people fawned over a couple of years ago because of his offensive prowess. Um, and then, you know, of course, there's there's other factors at play here, and we can tie this one in as well. This is another one on Zach Taylor and his coaching prowess or perceived lack thereof by the National pundits here. This is Zach Taylor tab is a long shot for the NFL coach of the year this year. So basically a lot of people believe that unless the Bengals do something pretty special this year, uh, Zach Taylor will not be coach of the year, but we'll see. By the way, there's an interesting parallel made in this article about with Phil Mickelson. The odds on the 50-year-old Mickelson winning the PGA Championship were plus 30000 which is another way of saying a $100 bet would yield $30,000 for Mickelson to win. That works out to an odds of 300 to 1. So essentially, that's about what, what the odds makers are giving Zach Taylor in terms of a shot to win Coach of the Year. Take that how you want, I guess. Leadership is one of the things that the Cincinnati Bengals have been trying to build under Zach Taylor, though, and a player who has really, really taken things by the horns in that regard is Jesse Bates. After a it should have been a first team all pro, but was a second team all pro last year, didn't even make the Pro Bowl, which was just utter nonsense. But Jesse Bates, absolute stud of a player and is really ascending as one of the top defenders in the NFL and there was a, a PFF article that was out talking about the top safeties in the league. He is in that uh, article, so you can go on Pro Football Focus to check that out about the top safeties there. But basically, he is, by CBS Sports, he is ranked as one of the top 25, under 25 years old NFL players by CBS Sports, as is Joe Burrow. So you can see here, Bates was ranked 16 on their list. Uh, and Burrow was ranked number eight um, on this list. So both of those guys here, let's, since we've talked a lot of Burrow, let's talk more Bates instead on this one quote, the best safety you've never heard of often overshadowed by the lapses of inferior running mates in Cincinnati. Bates has quietly been an ascendant and steady hand at the back end of the secondary logging at least 100 tackles and three picks in each of his first three seasons. The 2020 All-Pro Honors confirmed his rise. And this is courtesy of uh, – I'm trying to trying to see who the author is there. But uh, it is on CBS Sports, so you can check that out. Really, really neat article. And then here's another one, lauding, applauding, I guess, Jesse Bates. And this is, again, leadership role here. Jesse Bates is ready to set the defensive standard as he steps into the spotlight. This was from a couple days ago as well, courtesy of Nathan Begley on CincyJungle.com. Uh, and this, he's 
you know, you, you see the 109 tackles, three interceptions, 15 passes defended. Um, and then again, this is on Cincinnati Bengals talk. That's what you like to build, quote. Uh, we don't know exactly that will be. We're not sure what the standard is. It has to be very different, though. That's what we're hoping for in terms of talking about the full attendance. By the way, a couple weeks ago, Bates was the guy who was kind of a ringleader saying we're going to try and get as many people all hands on deck as possible for Bengals OTAs. He was kind of the ringleader for that. And lo and behold, last week they had everybody there, even some of the guys who were still rehabbing. Um, so, you know, he is really taking a leadership role and that's good to, it's good to see because it's quite possible that the Bengals are, are working on a mega extension for him. The Bengals usually like to, get their young core players under contract the summer prior to them hitting free agency, not only because it locks things up long-term and their plans are set, but also a lot of times they are able to negotiate a, a little bit more of a fairer deal for their side than the March frenzy that occurs a few months later. So don't be surprised if Bates is the guy that they want to get signed this, this year, this summer, but, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about that, but we'll see. And usually that occurs a little bit closer to or during training camp. We saw Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins get extensions like that a couple of years ago. Vontez Perfect. Whitworth used to get those one and two year little extensions a couple times there um, in the summer months. So that's something that can easily be coming down the pike in terms of Jesse Bates getting um, getting an extension with the Bengals. And hopefully that that happens there. So. Here is just some more fun pundits as we start to transition to OTA news, Tuesday OTA news. Evan McPhillips, a really good – he's a friend of the program. He's been on the show. we got to get him back on here. Uh, he's with PFF. He was He's kind of pro football focuses, Bengals representative, really smart guy, and uh, he kind of extrapolates a little bit. If you see this, what I'm sharing here, PFF's in Bengals at – PFF underscore Bengals says they, they ranked Mike Hilton as a top five slot cornerback in the NFL. That's good news for the Bengals. But Evan McPhillips ex expands on that here. Mike Hilton's run stop percentage and uh, rank among the top cornerbacks since entering the NFL. So you see here in 2020, 9.4, which is first, basically he's first for his position in three of the four years he's played in the league. Um, and then McPhillips says Hilton has been a dominant force against the run since entering the league and should add a dynamic element to the Bengals defense. That's on Twitter. So go follow him at EMCPHIL. I know it sounds weird that you, you know, Oh, cornerback run defense. What is that? The bottom line is the Bengals have been atrocious against the run in the past couple of seasons and they need all hands on deck there. That's why they brought in defensive backs who are also known to be willing tacklers. Trey Waynes is that a uh, is a physical guy. Hilton is a physical guy. That's why they're going to do a little bit more multi-safety looks. I think at times this year with Ricardo Allen now in the fold. So yes, those guys are going to be tasked to cover. Yes. Those guys are going to be tasked to blitz all that kind of stuff, but they are going to be, uh, the hope is that they are also going to contribute in the run defense game, believe it or not, to to help the team. And Mike Hilton seems to be a guy who is very able to help in that regard. So that's good news here. A little bit more just kind of uh, different news for those who are local in the Cincinnati area. There is a, I believe it's tomorrow night, Wednesday, June 2nd, there is an event uh, at LaSalle High School. Um, there's a, a weather, you know, some weather there, but there is a Sam remembering Sam Weish event at LaSalle. So if you are so inclined and, or have an opportunity, I don't have too many details on that, but, uh, I've seen some people I know are good buddy, uh, Bengal Jim is going to this and some others are going to it and have been promoting it, but we all loved Sam as Bengals fans and those who, who cover the team, et cetera. So, LaSalle doing a cool event, remembering Sam Weish, who died early last year. And uh, go support that. Check that out if you're in the area and or maybe you're an alumni of LaSalle, that sort of thing. But I uh, just wanted to kind of throw that out there for promotion. Before we get to a little bit more Bengals OTA news and some other things, we're, we're, we've 
got a ton to cover. I'm going to talk about our good friends over at Symbol. And you, if you've been watching this show, you know quite a bit about Symbol at this point. But it is the stock market for sports, S-I-M-B-U-L-L, Symbol, where you can trade your sports teams like stocks. You can earn cash when your teams win. It is a way for team uh, for, for folks to invest in teams and be able to parlay their purchase of stock in teams into make an ability to make money should their teams that they invest in do well. And unfortunately, the Sim Bengals value that is shown on the graphic that I'm showing you here, it says $25 a share. That's not accurate right now. The Bengals have shot up quite a bit in terms of value. That's when we created this partnership with Symbol. They were at $25 a share, but I think word is out on the Bengals, not only amongst the fan base and maybe amongst our listeners, but also at large, I think a lot of people are liking what the Bengals are doing. The fact that Joe Burrow is back and working out is pumping up the Bengals value. That said, that does not mean that you are unable to make money on the Bengals or other teams. You can invest in other teams as well. But if you go to the website, simbull.app backslash OBI, and you use the promo code OBI for, for, of course, Orange and Black Insider, you get a $10 deposit bonus when you sign up. So Check that out. Trade your sports teams like stocks. If you're a fantasy football player, if you're a sports better, this is a good thing to add to kind of your, your repertoire there, but it is not the same as fantasy sports or sports betting. This is more like a stock market exchange. So S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P backslash O-B-I. We'll put that in the chat for you. You use the promo code OBI, you get a $10 sign-up bonus, deposit bonus. So check that out. Good stuff from Symbol. And go buy the Bengals. If you're, if you're, we're seeing a lot of people who are confident in the in the Bengals and what they're doing. Go, go invest in the Bengals. Make some money for yourself. It's good stuff. All right. So the Bengals hit the field again for OTAs on Tuesday. And just some quick updates here. Paul Paul Daner shows that basically everyone was accounted for. You know, some special teamers were not. But um, a positive trend from last week looks like everybody is there. I think that was corroborated from some other people there. We have, uh, I'll share this one here. This is from Tyler Dragon of the Cincinnati Inquirer. You're going to get to see Joe Mixon work on the field here, which is good to see because he was another important player last year who had an extensive injury issue with the foot. So here he is um, for those watching live. He's going through some drills, ducking under some some things and looking explosive, looking strong. Uh, you can watch it again. It's on loop. I'll play this a couple times for you folks here. Again, this is from Tyler Dragon of the Cincinnati Inquirer. Um, and it's good to see Joe Mixon back out there working and going through some stuff, even if it's light, you know, you know, you're using helmets and shorts and that sort of thing, but cutting, doing some good drills as are the entire running back group there, but he's looking pretty good, especially after that foot issue that he had last year that plagued him throughout the season. So, um, you can obviously, of course, go follow all of the great beat writers out there. Tyler Dragon of the Cincinnati Inquirer, Lindsey Patterson out there, um, Laurel Failer is out there. Uh, ESPN's Ben Baby, Charlie Goldsmith of the Cincinnati Corps. There's a lot of great people out there. I'm probably missing a few, and I don't mean to, but go follow all of them. They're providing some great, great things, sights and sounds from the Bengals OTA. Speaking of Laurel Failer here, um, we've got another little tidbit of, uh, I think it's a picture here, checking in at Bengals practice now. So you see the guys are out there getting some work in. Looks like a... Um, I don't know. Is it? I, I'm not in Cincinnati, so is it a, a muggy day? I don't. I can't really tell from that picture here. I guess that we can zoom in a little bit and see if it's. Um, looks still looks kind of kind of hazy, maybe a little bit. But guys are out there. They're working the day after Memorial Day. Gotta like that. Now we talked. We teased about this a little bit about the Bengals. Frank Pollock play action passing. See, we all tie these things together. We do. We we try and do that every time on this show. Charlie Goldsmith. Covers the Bengals. Bengals offensive tackle Jonah Williams on the team's decision to keep him at left tackle this season. I take that very seriously. I want to prove the team right and do what it takes to be a great left tackle. The Bengals showed quite a bit of good faith in Jonah Williams, and they believe that he is the left tackle, a franchise left tackle. 
Um, I think there were definitely flashes of that last season. Unfortunately, again, the season got cut short. He had some growing pains. It was essentially his rookie year because he missed his true rookie year. But the Bengals could have gone out there and drafted Panay Sewell. They didn't. They could have gone out there and got, you know, not moved back in the second round and grabbed a, a more true left tackle. They didn't. They could have gone and, and gone crazy, uh, maybe gone a, a Trent Williams or something like that in free agency and kick Jonah Williams over to the right. They didn't. They grabbed Riley Reef instead, and they're playing Riley Reef, who has played a little bit of left tackle, but also right tackle. Um, he, he, they're keeping him at right tackle. Jonah Williams is staying at left tackle. So they have shown quite a bit of faith in Jonah Williams. And he is, uh, he, again, quote, I take that very seriously. I want to prove the team right and do what it takes to be a great left tackle. You see here, we mentioned her name as well. Lindsay Patterson does a great job covering the team as well. And this is Jonah Williams talking about Frank Pollock quote. He's bringing a lot to the table. I really love his coaching. He drills technique over and over again. So I, I don't know, you know, I think a lot of people are saying, hey, you know, Frank Pollock's the, the cure-all, right? Frank Pollock's the guy that's going to cure everything, and uh, he's the guy that's going to, you know, mend all of the issues up front. Well, no, it's not going to be just him. It's going to be the additions that the team made. There may still be a slower learning curve than a lot of people would want or hope for, but undoubtedly what Frank Pollock is doing and teaching uh, are the nuances, and he is hammering home uh, technique. He is hammering home basically, you know, as close to perfection as possible from his unit. And you got to like that. You got to like that. I, I don't want to keep piling on the previous offensive line coach, Jim Turner, but it sounds like a lot of people inside and outside of the organization are very, very impressed and, and in a better headspace, I guess, with Frank Pollock at the helm of the offensive line group, not Jim Turner. So, you, you know, you have to like what you're seeing and hearing from the Bengals offensive line group and Frank Pollock there. That's, that's promising. That's promising. But we had a little video for you there for, for Joe Mixon. We had a photo for you there, a couple of quotes from Jonah Williams from practice as well. So Bengals are set up at OTAs. Again, Paul Daner of uh, the athletic, he and Jay Morrison do a great job at the athletic. They, um, Paul Daner reporting that basically everyone's there again at practice. So got to like that. Got to like that. Let's transition a little bit before we get on out of here to the rest of the AFC North. This is something that is not going to be <laughs> music to Bengals fans ears. Uh, they're starting to get a groundswell of rumors that the Baltimore Ravens may end up trying to get Julio Jones in one way or the other. They drafted Rashad Bateman. They have Hollywood Brown, another first round pick from a couple of years ago. Um, but they still, you know, they didn't do much in free agency. Uh, I think Sammy Watkins was, was, you know, an addition for them there. If I remember correctly, I'd have to, yeah, Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, basically Jeremy Fowler of ESPN says Baltimore's interested in a deal quote, if the price is right. Well, of course, what, I mean, the price if the price is right, we always hear that. But Baltimore is interested in trading for Julio Jones, which, uh, you know, on a part of me says that's a long shot. But part of me also says Baltimore has done a lot of things, especially in recent years, that have been moves that have been pushing all the chips to the center of the table, right? They did the Yannick and Dockway trade last year. They traded for Clayus Campbell at one point. I mean, they've, they've done these moves – the past couple of years, and maybe they were reading the tea leaves this offseason and were kind of waiting in, in the shrubs, so to speak, for Julio Jones to be made available. And the more time that passes, that value that the Falcons will get lessens. And if the if the Falcons were going to deal Jones, you know, you would like to think that some of these guys who were going to be dealt would have been dealt before the draft to try and get immediate draft capital for a player like that. But didn't happen, and so now the Baltimore Ravens may be in a position to grab Julio Jones. We'll see if that actually takes place, but that would not be 
good news for the rest of the AFC North. Also not good news for the Bengals on the offensive side of the ball. And this is, you know, again, we talked a few weeks ago after the Bengals had their draft that the the team, you know, the, the AFC North teams kind of seem to be playing a little chess, you know, and this is one kind of indication of that. PFF has Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters as the NFL's top duo at outside cornerback. Um, two very good players there. And then, of course, the Bengals invest in Jamar Chase after investing in T. Higgins last year. Um, yes, they let A.J. Green go in free agency, but they got younger potentially. I mean, I, it's weird to say when you replace A.J. Green, but, I mean, potentially better um, because A.J. Green is, is at the tail end of his career. So Bengals kind of try and make a move to negate this Great duo here, but found this stat again. Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters ranked as PFF's NFL top duo at outside cornerback. So um, they're pretty productive, and they, um, you know, they definitely create turnovers and do a lot of good things for that Ravens defense. I'm going to transition here to the Steelers. This is from Christopher Carter, and I was lucky enough to do a podcast with this guy recently on a Raven show not too not too long ago, covers the Steelers, great guy. Um, he's relaying some quotes here that I thought were very, you know, intriguing from Ben Roethlisberger. Quote, I'm black and gold through and through. I told Mr. Rooney and Coach Tomlin I wanted to be here. This is going back to the contract renegotiation and all the stuff that played out over the winter months here. I told Mr. Rooney and Coach Tomlin I wanted to be here. This is home for me. It's why I was willing to take a pay cut to stay here and help this team and city. So Ben Roethlisberger saying, what a, what a great guy I am for taking a pay cut and staying with the Steelers. I'm kidding. It was, it was a classy move. It was a classy move, but um, Ben, Ben talking. Let's just, we'll, we'll, we'll say that. He continued. He did have some glowing reports of a guy that he will be leaning very heavily upon this next season in Najee Harris, the running back, rookie running back out of Alabama. When asked about Najee Harris, Ben Roethlisberger said, quote, he's a really hard worker. And that running back coach Eddie Faulkner has had to say, quote, hey, Najee, I have to go home now when Harris has been working at the facility for long hours. So he is relaying that Alabama Nick Saban work ethic and uh, work ethic of his own, obviously, to, to the pros and to the Pittsburgh Steelers trying to impress a lot of people, but also trying to make sure that he is a very, very good player. Um, obviously had a great career at, at, with the Crimson Tide and looks to be the next pretty dang good Steelers running back. So uh, the rest of the division will have their hands full with him as well. He seems to be putting in all of the work. So um, we'll see how his rookie year turns out. Moving on to the Browns, they are having more of their veterans start to show up uh, at OTAs. Uh, Miles Garrett was among the veterans who attended Brown's first OTA practice of the season. So obviously he is one of, if not their best player on the, on really the entire team, a very good player, all pro defensive end. Um, so he was there on Tuesday. Um, so it was, the session was closed to the media, but um, he is leading by example. Um, there's some stuff. If you go on social media, Miles Garrett was seen like dunking on some guys. I think it was like at a YMCA or a gym or something. And um, then he was getting off a plane. He said, I'll be there, Coach Stefanski. And so he, he's leading by example, even though he's been busy this offseason. So Miles Garrett looks to be in top form there. This, a lot of people, including myself, love this guy's breakdowns, particularly when it comes to blocking an offensive lineman. Brian Baldinger, a guy who played in the pros for a very long time. This, he's talking on NFL Total Access about the Browns' offensive line. Um, you know, you're, you don't have your Joe Thomases or you know absolute, you know, studs in there. Yeah, they they drafted a guy pretty high last year, but quote about the the best O line in the NFL and the Cleveland Browns. Quote: When they take on a defensive line, they mangle them, they carve them up in the middle. They're the gold standard right now. That is a quote from Brian Baldinger about the Cleveland Browns offensive line. And he's not far off. That is a, they are a very good group as evidenced by their ability to run the football, their ability to utilize play action and do all kinds of different things. So um, that is what Brian Baldinger had to say about the 
Browns offensive line. And that is a little bit of a wrap on the AFC North in general. I'm sure there are other headlines out there, but those are some intriguing ones that I saw come across the wire here. Let's close it up with some NFL news and we will bounce on out of here. Morgan Moses, uh, Washington right tackle that a lot of Bengals fans were clamoring for upon his, the announcement that he was available for trade and he was released. So he is now going to visit the Bears. He already met with the Jets last week. Morgan Moses does not appear to be within the Bengals' offensive line plans at this point. They would have to do some massive reshuffling, including, we mentioned Jonah Williams and the Bengals showing a lot of faith in him at left tackle, moving him somewhere or moving Riley Reef somewhere, kicking him inside and really doing a, a musical chairs type of situation along the offensive line. I mean, you make it work if you feel that he's going to be an upgrade in general to your offensive line, but it appears the Bengals are not going to be going after Morgan Moses' services. So he met with the Jets last week and he is going to visit the Bears is Moses. So that ship for the Bengals seems to have sailed. We will see. The uh, a former Bengals player found some uh, a new line of work. Well, I mean, not new line of work, but got, got a new gig here. And this is uh, on Pro Football Talk. The Texans signed Rex Burkhead, former running back of the Bengals, who ended up having a pretty productive career for himself when utilized in New England. Um, and so the Texans, who are in just – a state of all kinds of a mess. Uh, they sign Rex Burkhead as a, as a versatile running back, a guy they hope can help um, help their offense out in a number of different ways. He's a very versatile guy, can catch the football well, run run the ball, block a little bit. So uh, just a versatile guy. We'll see how, how productive of a season he has. But um, after spending a little time with the Bengals, spending some time with the, with the Patriots, Burkhead is now with Houston. So they signed him and good for him good guy and did you know found himself a good good niche in new england after being kind of criminally underused in cincinnati this is just a i guess a psa to fans now that fans are being welcomed back into stadiums um, whether it's a limited capacity or what have you basically there are you know fans will be back in in stadiums and, and by a lot higher of a margin than they were last year because of the COVID crisis and, and all of that. But unfortunately, what we're seeing is we're seeing a bunch of knuckleheads in the stands, at least as it goes in the spring and summer months in sports there. There are a number of incidents in stands where in, in baseball games, you're seeing fans. I mean, there was an infamous one. I think it was a Rockies Padres game. A guy just walked up and, and hit a guy in the face and, you know, he collapsed over a, a row of seats um there was a dodger fan i saw recently at a, an away game that was brawling with with some people and i mean now you've seen in the basketball world there were uh, there was a guy at a celtics game who got arrested he got he got charged with assault for throwing a water bottle at kyrie irving um and, and so you know there all kinds of stuff um so I, I think Russell Westbrook had something thrown at him. So basically this, all of this to say, and this is on P, uh, PFT as well, pro football talk, there are going to be consequences for misbehavior. So if you are going to decide to go to these games and utilize the opportunity of going to these games and not being able to do so last year, and you're going to act like a knucklehead, there's going to be some steep, steep penalties here. Um, and then, you you know, you see, you know, Patriots fan who threw a beer on Chiefs receiver Tyreek Hill in 2018 was banned from Gillette Stadium and charged with disorderly contact, conduct. So this is the, these are the kinds of things that aren't going to not only it's not just get kicked out and maybe you go into a little uh, sub level of the stadium for the rest of the game. I mean, there are now legal ramifications and all kinds of different stuff. So um, there are just. If you're going to go to a game, don't be a knucklehead. That's basically the bottom line. Don't be a knucklehead. Have fun. If someone's jawing at you, leave them alone. I don't know. Just You haven't been able to go to a game in, in a year. Don't go to one and be angry and, and act like a knucklehead, I guess. So um, that's kind of, the, <laughs> kind of the message, I guess, there. Let's get on out of here with this and on a little bit better note. 
this is a, a pretty fun article from CBS Sports. We hinted at this a little bit, but basically there are the triplets and they rank the triplets. There is the back half of the league and the top half of the league. Um, and triplets being quarterback, wide receiver, running back groups for each team. And believe it or not, the Cincinnati Bengals, despite the injury to Joe Burrow and his recovery, despite a lack of experience, the Bengals are in the top half of the league by CBS's metrics here in terms of the triplets. They are ranked 14th. And, you, of course, they have Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase. That's who they uh, specifically mention. So they're kind of looking at the top players, I guess, in each group. But I think if you were to look at, obviously, the depth, particularly a wide receiver for the Bengals, that would probably bump them up a little bit. But, you know, you're looking at Joe Mixon, obviously a very productive player when healthy. Jamar Chase seems to be the next great, great wide receiver in the NFL. And then Joe Burrow, again, the next great, seems to be the next great quarterback in the NFL should he remain healthy. So uh, the Bengals made this list at 14, but pretty, pretty fun article. Go give it a look. They're split into two articles, the back half of the league and the top half of the league for triplets and talent there. That's going to do it. Wow, we went almost an hour. I didn't think it was going to go that long, but I appreciate all of you tuning in live, going through all of the news with the Cincinnati Bengals, their Tuesday OTA practice, and then, of course, the AFC North and the rest of the NFL. Keep it to CincyJungle.com for all your news, opinions, analysis, all of that. Keep it to our show and our podcast channel for some fun, some good interviews, whether it's with reporters, players, all that kind of stuff. If you go to our podcast channel, we've got a lot of that stuff. And then, of course, we comb through the news like we did today. I'm Anthony Cazenza for the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and for CincyJungle.com. Hope you all had a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll see you soon. Take care. Have a great rest of the week.